This is Agatha Brewer, and you're listening to the Intentional Solopreneur Podcast, the show about how to launch and grow a successful service-based business. In each episode, I show you how to build a business on purpose, one that lights you up, keeps you inspired, and helps you make a bigger impact on the world. I share both marketing strategy and my best mindset tips to help you get the clarity and confidence you need to succeed as a new business owner. Hi there, everyone. This is Agatha Brewer, and you're listening to The Intentional Solopreneur. So today I am recording uh, my November episode. And before I get started, I wanted to mention I am uh, getting over a cold. So if I sound a little weird, that's why. (laughs) Uh, But I didn't want to skip this month's episode. uh, So here we go. Today, I wanted to talk about... uh, why posting on social media isn't a real strategy. Uh, And that specific uh, title for this episode actually comes from an article I wrote uh, on Medium that I published just a couple days ago. Uh, The editors of Medium saw my article, boosted it, and I've had over 850 views (laughs) in two days. So I thought maybe I should do a podcast on this article as well, uh, because it seems like people like my article. I've gotten, I think it was 250 claps, several comments, a bunch of new email subscribers. Um, So I I thought I would record an episode uh, and go through my main points from that article so that you can see that just posting on social media, unfortunately, is not enough <laughs> to help you uh, sign clients. But uh, fear not, I will go through a couple things you should know, uh, no matter which uh, marketing strategy you choose to actually help you sign clients and kind of the small tweaks that you need to make to your existing strategy uh, to make it work better for you. So obviously I'm a business coach. I uh, follow other business coaches. I've worked with other business coaches. Uh, And what most business coaches um, tell their clients uh, or tell at least uh, their audience, or at least this was the uh, advice that was out there um, for the last couple of years. It's changed (laughs) since uh, the popularity of social channels has um, definitely increased over the last couple of years. But generally, business coaches and, and influencers, um, people like that, would tell people that they just need to show up on social media, post a few times a week, and that would be enough for them to sign clients. And you know, I w- I've worked in marketing for 18 years now, and I run my own business. I work with uh, clients to help them launch their businesses and um, work on their marketing. It's obvious to me, uh, and hopefully should be obvious to you, uh, but just showing up on social media, posting, and not really having a strategy behind what you're posting and what exactly you're trying to get out of posting on social media is obviously not enough. Uh, Maybe that worked a couple years back, or maybe that worked when social media was still new. Uh, But there's so much noise out there. There's so many people posting on social media trying to sell their services or trying to sell a product that it's not enough anymore. You can't just show up, post, and expect something to come of that. 
Um, and so there's a few nuances that need to be uh, considered when you are creating a um, social media strategy, but it can also apply to other types of marketing you're doing. So I want to broaden this a little bit outside of just straight up social media because you may not want to uh, be, you know, quote unquote, a slave to social media. Uh, you may not want to have to be on social media three or four times a week. And really, that's like the minimum these days. People have to not only post, I'll use Instagram as an example. Most people on Instagram who are using that as a strategy to get clients they're not only just posting three to four times a week in a static post, they're also on Instagram stories, they're maybe creating reels, uh, they're communicating with people on that channel, and that takes a lot of time and effort. So not everybody wants to do that. But um, if you have chosen social as a strategy, so as your channel really, um, marketing channel, and I'll stop there because <laughs> I'm, I'm going pretty quickly. But so the difference between a marketing channel and a marketing strategy. So a marketing channel is the way that you get your message out. It's the platform that you've chosen. So, for example, social media is a kind of uh, platform. Um, so you, a specific platform would be Instagram versus LinkedIn versus Twitter versus there's a lot of different social media platforms. Those are some of the most popular ones. Um, Clubhouse was one that was, you know, had a surge in popularity. It's kind of fallen off uh, since then. But um, those are all platforms or, or channels like a social media is a channel. But uh Another type of channel could be um, blogging or podcasting um, or in-person networking or speaking. Those are all channels. Those are the way you get your message across to your audience. So the channel in and of itself doesn't really hold any kind of strategy. Like you have to create a strategy around the channel that you choose. So if you choose social media, then that's why it's not enough to just show up and post. Like you have to have a reason for posting. You have to have a next step for people after they've read your post. What do you then want them to do? And I'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, but basically you have to bring people on a journey and it's not enough to just do the social media. It can be if you're smart about it and perhaps you don't have a website and you're not planning on creating one or maybe you haven't done it yet because you've recently launched your business. There are ways to use your social channel as a website, but basically you have to put whatever would be on your website on your social profile. And that takes some work. Like you could, in Instagram, you can create highlights. Um, so these are like little icons at the top of your profile. So you can put information there that would typically be on your website. Uh, but generally people have, if they're an online business owner, they have a website and they have their social profile and they might have another channel, like maybe they have a YouTube channel or a podcast or something else that they do to uh, get people interested in the work that they do and get, you know, get a broader audience. So I'm going to get into it in a little bit, but this advice that I'm giving you um, can work for both social media but also other channels because it's kind of a way of looking at whatever channel you're using and creating a real strategy around it. So 
here's what like those influencers and other business coaches tend to forget to mention. Um, or they only tell you about this once you've signed up uh, for their program or their whatever their offer is. That's when you really get to know like the behind the scenes of like what they're actually doing in their business. It's not just that they're showing up on social media and posting like there's a st- bigger strategy around it. So here's what they forget to mention that choosing a marketing channel isn't the same as creating a strategy around it. So that's what most new entrepreneurs don't realize if they don't have a marketing background. They unfortunately are led to believe that you just show up, you post a couple times, and that's enough to get you some clients. And if you're doing that, um, you're going to be doing that for a long time before you either A, give up, or B, you might get lucky and sign one client or two, but it's not a sustainable way of growing your business. It's not something that's scalable. It's something that you're going to have to put a lot of effort into, and there's a much better way of doing it. Um, so you take that energy that you're um, putting into creating posts and creating content and actually get something out of it. So here's what you actually need to do to build a strategy around your chosen marketing channel, whether it's social media whether it's uh, blogging or podcasting or being on YouTube or whatever it is that you do to get the message out about your business so that it actually brings you clients. So number one, you want to pick an aligned marketing channel. And I've talked about this uh, over and over again on this podcast, but if you're just tuning in, what I mean by this is you want to pick a a marketing uh, channel or you can call it a strategy. It's not the same thing, but you know, to make it easier to understand, um, you want to pick a marketing channel that is aligned to your strengths and your personality so that you actually show up and implement it. So I can give you a couple examples here. If you're introverted, so basically you like to be alone (laughs) to oversimplify it there. Um, if you like to stay home and be alone, and work on your computer, and you love writing, then blogging is a great fit for you because you can do that from the comfort of your home or you can go to a coffee shop and, you know, be around a couple people, but don't, you don't necessarily have to talk to them. (laughs) Um, And if you're already a great writer, then blogging is going to be a great fit. And this is one of the reasons why I like blogging. I'm not an introvert. I'm an ambivert. So that's kind of in between an introvert and an extrovert. But I know that I like to write. I like long form content. So, you know, that's why I like um, doing my podcast because it, you know, I, I, I need some time to explain certain concepts, especially because I'm teaching my audience a lot of concepts. I can't do that in a, you know, 15 second reel. I, I need more space and I need more time to explain a concept. So that's why blogging, podcasting, those are good things for introverts. If you're more of an extrovert, so you like being around people, Uh, You like talking a lot (laughs) and perhaps teaching comes naturally to you, then maybe you want to think about hosting free workshops because that way you can teach a little bit, you can get to know uh, new people and it's a perfect way of attracting clients because they get to see a little bit of your work. So basically they get a little bit of an experience of you and so it's way easier for them to then want to continue to work with you uh, you know, not for free. So, uh, whatever 
program you have or offer you've created, it's a really good way to promote that offer um, because they've already experienced a little bit of what you can do for them. And so it's kind of a natural next step. So that's what I mean about picking in an aligned marketing channel. Because if you pick something that you absolutely hate doing, so for some people that may be social media, maybe they don't want to be on all the time, maybe they don't want to be creating endless amounts of content. I know that rings true for many of the people that I work with. And even myself, I don't always want to be creating a ton of content because it's draining, it's exhausting. Um, So you basically uh, want to pick something that you actually think you're going to enjoy because if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it. And if you don't do it, then obviously you're not going to get any results or you're not going to get any clients from it. So uh, you want to be really intentional about what you're choosing to do to market your business. So my next uh, point is to build a strategy around your chosen channel. So I've already talked about this a little bit, but how do you actually do this? So obviously you have to start with whatever channel you've chosen. So because I've been talking about social media, let's start there. So every social media platform has different nuances. So first of all, you've got to educate yourself about your platform. So Instagram is going to be different than LinkedIn. Um, Why uh, generally Instagram is more like entertaining content or maybe educational. Um, LinkedIn is like for the, it's more about the audience on LinkedIn where the audience is typically entrepreneurs, business owners, slash corporate. Um, so the audience kind of dictates the, the content, the type of content you can create and be successful. LinkedIn has changed a little bit because um, people are posting a lot more personal information than they used to on LinkedIn. But outside of that, in general, Instagram is usually a little bit lighter, a little bit more social and fun. Um, LinkedIn is tends to be a little bit more professional. So just from those two social platforms, you can see that you have to understand like the nuances of each and you know in on facebook it's going to look a little different than on instagram but generally once you have an idea if you're going to use social media as your platform you need to set up your profile you need to make sure that that profile is optimized you need to um make your profile convincing if you're trying to get clients like you need to show a little bit of authority or show your expertise and there's ways of doing that in your profile you can talk about how how many years of experience you have in a certain area or you can um you know if you've done something cool like launched a podcast for example i'm going to use a pretty obvious example for me like i could write that in my in my bio if i had the space to put that or if i wanted to um or there's ways to basically show credibility um but on top of that once you've set up your profile uh you need to start creating compelling content so you need to think about the industry you're in, you need to look at your competitors' content to just get an idea of what's out there and start creating content that actually differentiates you. So it doesn't look like everybody else's because if it looks like everybody else's, then you know what your audience is going to do. They're just going to keep moving on. Um, So you need to 
stand out. And there's multiple ways of standing out. I, I can't go through that uh, just right now because I don't have the time. Um, but generally, you, you want to look into a new point of view or um, maybe break down some misconceptions that your audience has. So for me, I work with new business owners. New business owners um, sometimes have some beliefs or limiting beliefs around what they are capable of or what they should be doing at this point in their business. So I can easily create content around um, that because I've ex lived through that experience myself. I've worked with people who come to me with certain beliefs they hold that aren't necessarily true and I help them see and move through those beliefs so I can create content around that or basically showing the expertise that you have uh, in the business that you have. Um, so, you know, that's a big topic. I'll, I will plug my uh, content masterclass. I'll put a link to that um, in the show notes. You know, you, I have over an hour of instruction on how to create a full content plan in that uh, masterclass, or at least the best practices you should follow to create that. Um, but that's the next step. So you want to build a strategy around your chosen channel. And part of that strategy is uh, the third point I'm gonna make. You wanna create a content calendar. So this is gonna mostly apply to social media, to blogging, to podcasting, to anything that requires content. So it can still be around multiple channels. So it's not just social media that needs content. You know, if I write an article, I need to write that article. I need to understand the topic. I need to understand what I'm trying to convey. Um, and then I need to understand what I want people to do next. So no matter which channel you've chosen, whether it be social media or even like networking or speaking, you may still have to create some content for those um, marketing strategies to work because you may meet somebody at a networking event, but if you don't have a way for them to follow up with you or find out more information about what you're actually trying to sell them, then your conversation kind of goes nowhere because you can chat and you can exchange details, but like you want them to do something as a result of talking to you. And if you have a freebie or a lead magnet or something you can send them or have them opt in to receive, ideally, um, then that naturally uh, creates a longer conversation. Or if you maybe ask them, you know, you've had a good conversation with them, you know that they could be a potential client for you, you could tell them about um, like a free strategy session you're doing or a free whatever, something that can bring them to the next step. Um, or you can, if it's been a really good conversation, you can start telling them about your program. Uh, but generally that happens after that initial conversation. Um, so you still need to create some content for them to continue the conversation with you. So I mentioned a lead magnet or a freebie. So this is popular, uh, in online marketing because basically it's, it's part of content marketing. It's, it's a way for people to learn more about what you do. You give them a something of value. So, um, you know, this could be anything from a PDF, a guide, 
a video series, it could be a webinar. There's a ton of different options, um, but you you don't ask them to necessarily pay you for this content, but um, it's something that you give them in exchange for their email address, because once you have their email address, you deliver that piece of content first, obviously, and then you can continue the conversation via email. Um, so basically what I'm talking about is like your email newsletter or, um, you know, whatever email marketing you've created in advance. So as you can see, there's many pieces to this. So that's why you need a content calendar. Um, and in this content calendar, you will, um, you know, if you're doing social media, then it's going to be a lot more involved because you're going to have to plan out the content probably a couple of weeks, if not a month in advance. Everybody does it their own way, but it's a place to keep your ideas uh, together. It's a place to keep you organized and it's a place um, where you can plan also because, for example, if I write an article like this one that I, I wrote for Medium that is the basis of this podcast episode, um, like it's not something that necessarily happens overnight. It, it can take me a few days to write an article. I then need to know where I'm trying to post it, whether it's on Medium or another publication. Um, I may also want to pitch it to um, a, an editor to see if they want to um, basically uh, put it in one of their publications and promote it for me. So that's like a kind of somewhat lengthy process or it can be um, so all of those details need to go somewhere and that's why it's helpful to have a content calendar and I'm gonna end this section of this episode by saying you know you may think that you're pretty organized uh, you don't really need a content calendar but I'm going to just tell you it is worth doing I uh, when I started my business I came to it from uh, many years of marketing experience and I was a little bit cocky and I was kind of like, well, I don't really need this content calendar. I can just keep these details in my head. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm trying to do. I don't need it. Uh, but let me tell you that doing that and not keeping yourself organized is a quick way to feel super overwhelmed, super confused about your strategy and what you're trying to do, especially if you're trying to do more than one thing at once. Uh, so um, it's really good to track it all in, in a content calendar. And it's also really good because then you can look back and see what worked. And over, over time, like I still have access to what I did a year ago and even longer. Um, so I can see what's actually worked to bring me clients in my business and what topics are relevant uh, for my audience and what people actually resonate with. So it's really good to have... Um, access to everything that I've done before uh, so that I can kind of look back and make you know good decisions moving forward. So my next point is to understand your buyer's journey and bake it into your plan. So um, wh why is this important? So kind of what I was talking about before, like if you go to a networking event, you meet somebody and uh, you don't know what their next step is in, in terms of what's going to bring them closer to becoming your client. If you don't already know what that is, then it's going to be hard for you to lead them 
to the step that they need to take to become your client. So whether that is booking a consult call with you, um, doing a strategy or session or a discovery session, depending what kind of uh, business you have, if you're a coach or if you're a consultant or if you have another kind of service-based business, what is that next step that they need to take? So in order for you to lead somebody on a journey that you want them to take, you have to understand that journey first. So... When you understand your buyer's journey, you can bake it into your plan. You can bake it into your strategy. Um, So, and another reason why this is important is most people who are buying something from you, so whether it's a service or a product, they don't buy after one interaction. And this is especially true if you um, sell something more high ticket. So for me, I do one-on-one coaching services. So this is not a $100 offer. This is something that somebody needs to commit to over several months. So it's a larger investment. So for me to put up one post and expect somebody to work with me is kind of um, not realistic, basically. So, and on top of that, even if it was a lower ticket offer, That doesn't mean that it doesn't take somebody a couple touch points, is what they're called in marketing, uh, to trust you enough to hand over their money. So the average person, this is a well-known stat in marketing, needs to see your message at least seven times before they decide to work with you or at least reach out to you for more information. So those seven touch points need to happen within a journey. So... That's what is usually holding people back. If they create a content calendar, that's great. That's a good first step, but that's not enough. You need to actually lead people on some kind of journey. And what us marketers call um, this journey is like a buyer's journey. So all the, uh, or a customer journey, they're kind of um, interchangeable. Those are all the steps somebody needs to take to become your customer. So you may have heard of this concept of a funnel. So that's a pretty popular term in marketing. Uh, It can be called a sales funnel or a marketing funnel. But basically, if you imagine a funnel, so um, the top of the funnel is wider than the bottom. And the original uh, version of this funnel, there's many versions of it now, uh, but the original one started with awareness, then it went to interest, then it went to desire, and then finally it ended in action. So it was called the ADA model, um, made popular by E. St. Elmo Lewis. Um, This was an American advertising pioneer many years ago. Um, This funnel concept has been um, reimagined, so it's not always ADA. There's other uh, words people use. I can simplify it by saying, you know, at first you want to engage people, you want to nurture them, and then you want to sell to them. So at the top of your funnel is engagement or awareness, you know, in the ADA model. And that's when when people enter the funnel, uh, they are cold leads. So these are people who really don't know who you are, but something you've done has sparked interest. So maybe they um, looked at a piece of your content you created, or in my case, that Medium article I wrote. A lot of people showed... Um, interest in it in terms of at least engaging uh, at the very high level. Then some of those people clapped uh, for my article. There's a way to uh, show interest by clapping on Medium. So, you know, I got, I think it was like 250 claps, something like that. It's continuing to grow. So that may even change. 
Um, then a couple people uh, then showed desire in the ADA model in my own engaged nurture cell. So they're kind of in the nurture stage. So those people, not only did they clap, but then they went to some of the uh, call to actions that I created. So I had a link to a quiz I created and I had a link to my content masterclass that I mentioned before. So those people are showing increased awareness and activity around you know wanting to learn more about me and the work that I do. So those people uh, clicked on those links. And in the process of doing that, they also gave me their email address. So in the last two days, I've gotten 14 new email subscribers, which is pretty good for a piece of free content that I created. Um, and I can see that it'll probably continue based on the stats that I'm seeing for that article. So those people are the ones that I want to continue nurturing and may potentially end up being clients of mine one day. So if you understand this concept of a funnel, then you also understand that in order to move people into these different stages, you need to do uh, a little bit more um, nurturing by giving them a call to action. And uh, so I've mentioned this already, but a call to action is basically a little piece of instruction that you give people to tell them what to do next. Um, and generally, it's something of value. So um, it could be you know, on social media, you could say something like, you know, DM me to learn more because you've already talked about some offer and you want them to take the next step. And that next step is sending you a direct message. And then after they send you that direct message, you give them some more information, whether you it's like a link to a sales page or you just start a conversation with them and start asking them a few questions to qualify them to see if um, this offer makes sense for them. Um, or in an email, a CTA is the big button at the bottom of your email copy. And it's a link that leads people to your sales page, for example. And I mentioned before, if it's not social media and you're doing like in-person networking or you've given a workshop uh, where people have come to see you talk, the next step could be to uh, book a discovery call uh, with you. So you offer that to people at the end of your presentation or at the end of your conversation with them. So that little piece of information is something you need to start adding to all the marketing you're doing because that's what starts creating this actual journey. And it's, it's what starts creating kind of this funnel. Um, so a lot of people, when they hear the word funnel, they immediately think, you know, advertising or um, paid marketing. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like an ad that goes to a pre-recorded webinar that then goes to an email. It can be done, you know, one to one, like, um, you know, you give somebody access to a freebie after you had a conversation with them. So there's many ways people can enter your funnel or enter your email list. Um, and it doesn't have to be always paid. So I wanted to uh, share a pro tip around this. So when you're creating content, because you're going to probably be creating a lot of content, if you're using a social media channel uh, that requires content, you want to think about the goal of your content piece before you actually create it. 
because you want to know what that next step is and why you're creating this piece in the first place, because that's going to help you actually create the content to begin with, but also um, easily lead people into the next step. So for example, when I create a podcast episode, before I create that episode, not only do I know the topic and maybe a couple bullet points that I want to cover, I also know what my CTA is going to be. I know what the next step is. So in this episode, I'm talking about my content masterclass because it's a natural fit for the topic that I'm topic talking about right now. And it, it helps you learn more about what I'm talking about now that I can't cover in a shorter podcast episode. And... Obviously, I'm also going to talk about my one-on-one coaching program, Launch With Ease, because it's very heavily uh, related to content marketing or creating a marketing plan as well. So those are two very natural um, next steps for people. They can either do, you know, learn a little bit more in my content masterclass, or they can apply for my one-on-one coaching program if they know that yeah, I want to work with you and I don't need to consume more of your content to know that because I've already listened to your podcast enough times to know that you know what you're talking about. So uh, that's my pro tip there. And finally, uh, you want to ask yourself when you're creating content, what do people actually need to know about me and the services that I provide to make an informed decision about working with me? Because that's really what you're doing uh, when you're creating content, it's not only to just talk about your business and, you know, share a few case studies or testimonials. It's what is the information that people need to know about me and the way that I work and what I help people do that will help them basically do their research before they contact me. Because another thing you need to know about marketing and especially a higher ticket uh, service like coaching or consulting is most people aren't going to reach out to you until they're pretty sold on wanting to work with you. And I didn't learn this for a while. (laughs) So you actually need to create more content than you think, uh, because in your head you might think, oh, well, they'll just ask me those questions when they call me or when we have a consult call, but actually no, they're going to most likely, if, you, if you're an online business owner, people can find that information online. And if they don't find it online, the likelihood of them reaching out to you to find out the rest of the information is pretty low, unfortunately. So you actually need to give more information than you think you need uh, because people will do that research before they even contact you. And they may still have some lingering questions, but generally they already know uh, what you do, what services you offer, the price most of the time, unless that's something you don't uh, publish. So they know a lot of information, your process. So those are the kinds of things you want to actually talk about in your content. And you don't have to go into crazy depth, uh, but you want to give out enough information that people can start imagining what it's like to work with you before they work with you or before they even reach out to you. And my last point. So I kind of hesitated uh, putting this point into my article because my entire article was about marketing strategy and content. Uh, But 
I wanted to put it in there because I know that the people that I work with are typically new business owners. They're not people who have been in business for three or four years. Sometimes I do work with people who have been around the block a little bit, but um, generally they're new business owners. And my fourth point is to not just rely on your content alone in the beginning. So why is this? So most people who I work with want to, their main goal really, you know, they, they want to figure out their marketing. They want to get clarity in their marketing. They want to understand who they want to work with. So like that's kind of uh, work around their target audience or their niche. Uh, but really underlying it, their main goal is to start signing clients so that they have a viable business. Um, but in order to sign clients, and in order to actually create an effective content strategy, that actually takes a lot of time, more time than you probably are assuming it takes because you have to create all those pieces of content. So whether it's social posts or you have to create that freebie, you have to set up your website or your email uh, marketing list in order to even like deliver that freebie. Um, you need to create articles. Like there's a lot that goes into creating a content strategy and actually the strategy itself. Um, so in order to sign clients quickly, you probably need to do what I call is hedging your bets or like working on the low hanging fruit first. And what this looks like is typically reaching out to your existing audience, people that you already know, not necessarily related to your business, just people in your world, um, going to networking events or um, asking people for referrals. And these aren't always the most comfortable thing to do, but they're the quickest wins that you can get in terms of signing clients. And they also won't always work forever because eventually you're going to tap out the people that you know. They're not going to be interested in sending you more referrals. Um, so that strategy won't necessarily work forever. But while you're building your content strategy and while you're creating all of this content, you also want to uh, not rely on content all the time too. Uh, you kind of want to be doing both because in the beginning, it's easy to send out an email to your friends and family and ask for help. But eventually, though, that will get old and they won't want to continue helping you. Or maybe they will if you have really cool friends and family. But also, it may not always work. It depends on what kind of business you have. You know, I'm a business coach, but a lot of my friends um, aren't trying to start businesses or they don't know too many people who are trying to be entrepreneurs. So like I have a limited amount of times that I can do that and it still works for me. So that being said, you know, why would you still create content if you do that it's going to take you longer to turn them into clients, to turn that content into clients? Why? Because it actually works while you sleep. Because I've written articles in the past that still send people to my website. This article that I wrote a couple days ago is sending people to my website right now. And I don't really have to do anything after I've created that article because I've already created other content in uh, both an automated email nurture uh, or basically my email newsletter that goes out. Um, I have automation built up that happens while I sleep or happens while I'm doing other things. So that content you create, you do it once and then other things that you've created 
actually do the selling for you. Um, and yeah, I still have to get on a consult call with people, but, but really like those people are kind of pre-sold already because they've already consumed my content. They've already listened to my podcast or they've read my email newsletter or they've consumed something that I've created. And that's the magic of content because yes, it takes a lot of time and energy to create. Uh, but in the long run, it's worth it if your content is good because somebody can go listen to my content masterclass, be with me for an hour where I'm not even there, like I created this, it's recorded, um, and then reach out to me later and say, I want to work with you. And that content masterclass kind of does the job of selling them because they get to learn more about me. They understand my personality. They understand how I think. Uh, I teach them, obviously, a, a couple of different best practices and concepts around content marketing. And so they don't necessarily need to start asking me all those questions on a call because they already know that I can help them and that I have a lot of marketing expertise. So they want me to be their coach. So that's why you're still working on this content strategy in the background while you're doing other things. Um, so, you know, my final thoughts here. So can posting on social media actually be a good strategy to find clients? Yes, <laughs> of course. But you have to be intentional about it and you have to actually create a plan for how people will not only engage with your posts, but then want to take the next step and learn more about your services and what you do. So that's social media, but no matter which marketing channel you choose, so that's social media and all the other channels, you have to create a journey for people to follow if you want them to become your customer one day. So I hope this uh, episode was helpful for you and it helped you see that uh, there's more to a strategy than just, you know, the amount of times you're going to post. There's, there's more nuances. You have to be more intentional about it. And as I've mentioned a couple times, I have my content masterclass. You can come check that out. And at the end uh, of the episode, you'll hear a little bit about my launch with ease program. And I am taking applications. I just signed a new client recently. So I have one spot left uh, for the fall season, autumn season, I'll call it. <laughs> uh, so if you're interested in that program, um, you can book a call with me. We can talk more about it, uh, but you can also just go ahead and apply the application form. I'll put a link to that uh, in the show notes. And I'm super excited to uh, support you in launching your business if you do choose to join me in Launch With Ease. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Solopreneur. I hope you're getting some good information and some inspiration to help you grow your business. If you like what you've heard and you want the support of a business coach, come on over to agathabrewer.com and schedule a free consultation with me. In this call, we'll talk about your goals for your business and see if it makes sense for us to work together. My one-on-one -on -one coaching program is specifically built to help new entrepreneurs like you launch and grow a successful business. This program will help you get clarity on what you want to build, create a strategic plan of action, and identify and release any mindset blocks that are standing in your way. Because building a business shouldn't be so hard. And with my support, you'll reach your goals way faster than if you try to do it all alone. 
So I invite you to give yourself the gift of personalized support so you can build your dream business that allows you to live the life you want and make a bigger impact on the world.